Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 343 Podcast. And on today's episode, you are going to hear a very special conversation between Gary Kleiben and myself. And we are going to be discussing the bouncing of the United States from the 2018 World Cup. I'm not going to hold you from that conversation any longer. I want you to hear that. I want you to absorb that as fast as possible. And if you want more from us, if you want more of this real, authentic, genuine content, you can check out all of our stuff on 343coaching.com. That's the number three, number four, number three, coaching.com. And you can find all of our podcasts, all of our articles, everything that we've put out. And you can judge us on that if you want to, or you can judge us on this, what you're about to hear. And I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Yo. John Pronich. You ready? Let me see if I can, uh, because I, I wear the the goddamn microphone. Let me see if I can transfer it to the microphone first. Okay. System preferences. Or can you hear me just fine? Yeah, it's good. Okay, fuck it. Let's roll with this. Let's go. Before... Be, I just want to say one thing. Let's have a <laughs> let's have a conversation. Absolutely, not, not interview style. Just like oh. strict conversation. And if you talk eighty percent of the time, that's fine with me. No, absolutely. No, but before that, hold on. Let me pour myself another drink. <laughs> I have my beer right here. Hey, because listen, I'll start out this way, and unapologetically, I'm celebrating tonight. You celebrating? No, in a way, yes, but I don't know how people will react to that. I know. Well, when have I ever played the political game? Very rarely, you know. I, I think I think I pride myself on, as cliche as it sounds, being real. So I'm being real. I am celebrating tonight, and if that hurts us. So be it. No, I, I I understand. And in a way, I am too. And I've spent the last couple hours, you know, sit, sitting next to a couple people that don't really follow soccer. And I've tried to kind of explain to them why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And for the most part, they understood 1,000%, but they've never had that explained to them before. And to me, it's like, okay, yeah, like, perfect. Like, they, they, like we were watching the highlights of the game on the TV, and I was explaining to them as it was happening in front of them, and they've never had that explained to them before. And they're like, that makes complete sense, 1,000%, 1,000%. Yeah, so what was the explanation? I'm assuming your explanation is the same sort of thing as I'm talking about. Is nothing will change here, and we're huge advocates of massive change and massive overhaul. 
at the fundamental structural level. And none of that would happen unless there is catastrophic failure, right? Yep. Yep. So, it, so that's the argument. Yep. So that's not to say that this overhaul we're seeking will happen, but at least it has more of a chance with something like this. More of a chance, yes. And more more voices, more people talking about it right now too. But my thing is, is that now it's like, okay, so all these people that weren't voices for it before that are now speaking up for it tonight, where were these people a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago? Where, where are these people coming from now? Uh, that that's I, I'm fucking completely shocked at some of the people that are saying some of the things that they're saying now that were saying something completely different six months ago. Isn't that wild? It's Isn't fucking, that wild? It's crazy. Like, like Absolutely whole, crazy. The whole narrative has changed. When Jurgen was in charge, they they had one story, right? And now that this has happened, they've changed their whole. They've changed everything within four hours. Within four hours. It's insane. I mean, if that, I mean, if that doesn't expose, and you know, I've been harping on the media, the quote unquote journalists forever, right? Because I think they are a key piece to this whole puzzle. If that doesn't expose them for what they are, meaning they are leaves blowing in the wind, right? They're just following however the winds of, of the politics in American soccer blow. I don't know what is, man. If they're gonna, if they're willing to flip flop like this. Within four hours, what what are we doing here? And it's crazy to think that that's all happened in four hours. What's going to happen tomorrow morning when we wake up? And the headlines that might come out tomorrow morning, all the big soccer media, whatever platforms that are out there, like that's going to be a whole nother fucking wave of people that could potentially be flip flopping. And it's it's going to be amazing in in one way. And it's going to be like, what the fuck in another way? Because it's like, where were you guys six months ago, a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, when all this same stuff was happening, but you guys failed to acknowledge it? That's To me, that's the biggest problem. That is a big problem with respect to people's memory spans. So I'm hoping, although I'm not too optimistic, that fans will be able to recognize what you recognize and I recognize, meaning, hey, wait a second. I was just reading you, Grant Wall, or I was just reading you, uh, so-and-so. Six months ago, your story was completely different than what it is now. I'll give you an example. Six months ago, or, or whenever Jurgen was still in charge, I was telling everybody in our audience that this was perhaps the weakest U.S. men's national team player pool in decades. And people thought I was nuts. And reporters thought I was nuts. And reporters actually were taking the opposite view. They were saying Jurgen has at his disposal perhaps the best U.S. men's national team player pool ever. And Jurgen's not getting the job done with the best player pool ever. Now, all of a sudden, they fail to qualify under Bruce Arenas' watch, and 
there are some who are starting to talk about uh, this player pool not having what it takes. So I don't know if the fans follow that closely, but they should be able to recognize, wait a second. A year ago you were saying one thing, now you're saying another. Do you know what you're talking about? And and I don't I don't know, John. I don't know if the, if they have that capacity. So so what I am trying to rally the troops around is make sure that this is something that's spread out there that these guys are flip-flopping and clearly don't don't understand what's happening fundamentally if that makes sense no it it makes sense to me because i had conversations after the last game when people started pushing bruce arena is this or bruce arena is that and for the most part it was all kind of like fluff pieces for bruce arena and Bruce Arena is saving the national team. Bruce Arena is, you know, he's he is one of the most winningest coaches in U.S. soccer history. Not just at the national team level, but at like the collegiate level, professional level, and so on. And so they're they're putting Bruce on this pedestal that he's a savior. What now? Like, I, I, how do you guys backtrack from that now? When this just happened, it's like the U- United States just missed the World Cup. You can't backtrack from that. Like this is impossible to backtrack from, and that's where I keep like I I I just can't understand how anybody that is a credible journalist can backtrack from whatever they've said before. Like I'm, my mind is blown, Gary. My mind is blown. I I. I... I think the human brain is very is amazing, and I would not be surprised if I wake up tomorrow morning and read some articles where somehow they pacify all of this, and somehow they protect the establishment, uh, which has elevated Bruce to the position he's in, which has elevated Sunil, which has ele- elevated. MLS and uh, their vision. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some way that they can concoct a narrative that upholds that while excusing uh, World Cup failure. I, I'm curious, and, and and I think it's important for not just us, but everybody who kind of agrees with us or is on board with us and wants massive systemic change to really go full throttle and start applying massive amounts of pressure um, to these people. Because if we don't, I mean, this is, this is the time. This is the opportunity. You won't have another opportunity like this to try and instigate system-wide change. And I'm not saying system-wide change will happen a month from now or three months from now or five months from now. But I'm saying lay the seeds now so that six months, a year, three, five years from now, these seeds blossom into what we should have for American soccer. We need to we need to hold people accountable, John. And now is the time to hold people accountable. Sunil should resign. Arena should have already resigned. Arena in his press conference, he should have. I, I know his contract was up through the World Cup, 
I don't know what that looks like now that they're not even qualified for the World Cup. But in almost any other place in the world, in this sort of situation, the coach at the at the press conference would have resigned. He would have said, we tried, we failed, I failed. I think my time with the national team is over. It's time for new blood in here. And he didn't do that. And that's indicative of what we're dealing with in this country. I didn't I didn't see the I didn't see the press conference. Did you watch it? Nope, I didn't watch it. I can only imagine, but Sunil should have resigned too. Like I was just speaking to somebody not two hours ago, eleven PM right now, nine PM. Where they're like, Gary, do you know that at AFA, right? AFA, the, the Argentinian Federation, they had prepped before the game versus Ecuador, they had prepped the headquarters of the Federation with barriers, okay, and all kinds of guards. Just in case Argentina did not qualify to the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, that's how serious it is everywhere else across the world. Yep. I like I don't think Chicago US soccer headquarters nope had any concern regarding nope. that. Nope. And 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 although I don't advocate violence, of course, I'm trying to illustrate the magnitude of the pressure that these other countries, federations, and administrators and executives and coaches and players are under versus ours. Yep. And so if we don't if we don't apply some degree of pressure to the people in charge of U.S. soccer, then, hello, what, like, what are we doing? Uh-huh. No, but it almost feels like, and, and, and I'm sure a lot of people feel like they're in the same situation that I'm in too, is that if you apply any type of pressure, you are the outcast. And I've I've felt like that for a long time is that, I've felt like that I'm the outcast for wanting something better. And in other countries, I feel like that is not the case is that if you're not wanting better, that you are the outcast, if you are satisfied. And for the longest time inside of us soccer in the environments that I've been in, in youth soccer, if you want something more, you are on the outside. And I felt for you're the black sheep. You become the black sheep. If you want something more than mediocre, you will become the black sheep. And I know for a fact that other people feel the same way. And maybe those people are afraid to speak out and they're afraid because they don't have the support or whatever, whatever the reason is. But I know for a fact that there are other people that feel like I feel. And this is this to me is the moment that those people should have the freedom to say and speak up whatever they're feeling. This this right now is, is the time that they should feel that there is no holds barred. That's my opinion. I don't know. No, I, I, I hope they find the encouragement and are empowered by, and I mentioned this on, on Twitter with a phrase, it's from politics, obviously it's the, political capital. I hope they feel they have the political capital to speak out more than they have in the past. Yep. Because they are shielded by the 
blatant failure of the establishment. Yep. The establishment has failed completely, thoroughly. You know, so they have a shield there from which to speak up. I hope they will. I don't know how many will, because as we've spoken many times here, again, you know, there's always that loomy threat, that cloud of being blackballed if you speak out. But I think if people do it in mass, uh, there's safety in numbers. I, I kind of want to mention something. I, I, and obviously, I'm not going to mention anybody by name. I sent you a text earlier that it was a kind of a, a it was a screenshot of, of a conversation that I've had before with somebody in private. But there's also m- many, many, many people that message me privately because for, uh, I, I'm assuming because I host a podcast that's kind of like anti-establishment and they feel safety in talking to me. Uh, I, I'm assuming that's the reason why. But there's many people that message me personally and they speak out against the establishment, I guess is the best way to put it. They speak out against U.S. soccer. They speak out against MLS. They speak out against these coaches. They speak out against the scouts. They speak out against whoever you want to label, right? And so finally, I, I started responding to somebody different. I haven't sent you this this uh, this message yet. I'll send it to you later. But I said, uh, I'm sick of you guys messaging me your thoughts and not making them public. It's like you guys have no idea what you guys are are making me feel like it's like it's fucking ridiculous that you guys make me feel like i'm your voice and you guys sit quiet like you guys are the ones that have the voice it's it's time for you guys to speak up and say what is ever on your minds don't use me as a catalyst you guys have the platform and i don't know if i've shared i i honestly don't know if i've shared you how many people actually message me and say these things to me, but it, it's a ridiculous amount of people. Yeah. No, so, so I don't know if you, as you can imagine, I get these things weekly and the way I've looked at it, John, over the past couple of years is by us being so far on the edge and by the edge, I don't want, I'm not even talking about radical. I'm just saying, we're speaking some truths. We're not even speaking all the truth. Um, it creates a vacuum whereby the gentleman or the gentlewoman that you're talking about are able to move more towards the middle. So we are looked at as so radical that if they start talking about things more in between what we say and what the establishment says, that they're kind of safe. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't, we can't, they can't be what we are. But if we continue being what we are, we create a safe space for them to kind of go towards the middle. And that's kind of like the role that we're falling into, uh, kind of like by default, because nobody else can do the job. And if we don't do that job, then they can't even be in the middle. They have to be completely on the establishment side. Does that make sense? And I'm going to throw out a name here. Hey, Taylor. Taylor Twelman. Yeah, you. 
<laughs> you're, one the, you're one of the, you're no, but you are one of those people, you know, and, and much like a handful of other journalists or mainstream media guys, you feel encouraged now to speak out to a certain degree, but not entirely as a result of, you know, partly our work of being so extreme, you know, and telling the blatant, unadulterated truth. So I get where you're coming from, John. You know, it's like you get these messages. They want you to speak out more and more and more and more so that they feel liberated to at least say something, you know, because if you don't, they can't. Yep. Anyways, I'm I'm fucking celebrating. I'm not I'm not I'm not ashamed of that. I was born and raised here in the United States. I am full American. I love our country. Everything that it's given me has been incredible. I have amazing freedom. But I feel it's part of my responsibility and duty as an American to fulfill the role that I'm fulfilling. And, and I feel like a fraud if I play the political game and I don't speak my mind. I feel like a fraud, man. So I have to. One of the things I mentioned earlier to, to some friends of mine is that I feel like I, I can't explain it as good as some other people can. But I try to use like the iPhone as an example of opportunity and and freedom to build whatever you want to build and see if it'll work and if it works it works and if not it it, it doesn't and i know that you have a better explanation of that than i do and i i i know i really wanted to ask you to kind of use that as an example of of maybe how that could shape soccer in our country i don't know if that's the right way to ask that but do you kind of get where i'm going with that I'll put it to you this way. So people who have been following us for a while, they know we have a business. And our business does okay. It's a small business. But it does well enough whereby our business could launch a fourth division club. And it's been published by, you know, Stockade FC. Fantastic work by Dennis Crowley over there in New York. And many others. And I've done our, uh, much research as to what the operating costs of a fourth division, you know, semi-pro team costs. And it's around anywhere from, you know, 40K to $100,000 operating costs. We can do that, but I won't do it. I will not launch a fourth division club team here in Orange County because there's no point to it, man. Why not? Because I, I can't grow it. I can't grow it to the point where it can be a third division team and then a second division team and then a first division team. There is no promotion relegation. And so with promotion relegation comes monetary benefits, right? There is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There is the hope of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And in business speak, there is a return on investment, right? At the end of the rainbow, that I can fight for. Without that hope, without that potential pot of gold, the investment is stupid. 
why would I invest fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year to have a fourth division club team here in Orange County that will never, you know, have a, a return on investment that is comparable to other investment vehicles? Actually, the probability is worse. I'd be do much better investing fifty to sixty to seventy thousand dollars in an S and P index you know, which returns historically 8% per year, whatever the number is nowadays, than investing in a soccer club. I'll probably lose. I'll probably lose my entire investment. So without promotion relegation, my $60,000, dollars $80,000 a year is sitting on the sidelines. And I'm a small fish, John, right? Imagine how many other people who are willing to invest way more than that are sitting on the sidelines because of, this lack of a merit-based system. This is the route to everything, man. It's the route to all of it. All of it. Not just my stupid little club team that I'd like to invest in. That's a whole other fucking topic, dude. But listen, the U.S. fucking men's national team failed to qualify for the World Cup. They lost to goddamn Trinidad and Tobago. What in the fuck are we doing here? And you fired Jurgen Klinsmann, which I've been on record forever, right, as being a mediocre coach. Okay, you fired him. You hired Bruce Arena, which is the savior, the poster boy for MLS. And that was the worst decision of all time. We're out. What else you got for me, baby? <laughs> I'm gonna pour myself another drink. I'm celebrating. Listen, if you qualify, if you qualify for the World Cup, that means there's money. There's money here. Okay, right? If you qualify for the World Cup, there is money that goes to U.S. Soccer, one way or another, and U.S. Soccer and the people who run it. Reap those rewards. And the people who run it are holding this country back and the people in this country back. So in many respects, I am happy that the people who are fucking everybody over in this country are not going to get millions of dollars. That, make, that makes sense. And that makes me wonder... Because I know for a fact, and it's it, I think it's public knowledge at this point, that U.S. soccer and MLS have been a package deal for uh, broadcasters uh, for the la at, at least the last few years, if not longer than that. And I would only imagine that that contract would have extended into the future and would have included the... 2018 World Cup and, and beyond that. So this is a massive blow to not just U.S. soccer, but to Major League Soccer. And I think anybody that would try to say anything against that would just be completely either oblivious or naive or ignorant. Uh, I don't know the right word for for that, but I, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't begin to think about how 
anybody can ignore the the relationship between U.S. soccer and MLS and how that's going to affect what happens in the future now that they are out. Not just I, I I don't think that's just millions of dollars. I think that's that's millions and millions and millions of dollars that they're going to lose by not having World Cup uh, revenue coming in. So, and that's just oh. speculation, but. That's just that's I, I think that's I, I think that's fairly accurate accurate speculation. No, I, I think so too. Um, opponents to what we just said, their position is if we make the World Cup, then it exposes more Americans to soccer in this country. And somehow that magically is gonna turn into a benefit to soccer in this country. And I haven't seen that correlation uh, to be proven. So you mean, you mean advancing advancing further in a tournament and more people becoming involved in U.S. soccer, or watching U.S. soccer? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. So it, it so if you take the two situations. The men's national team being in the World Cup versus not being in the World Cup. If they're in the World Cup, then more people will become aware of soccer in this country somehow. And if we're not in the World Cup, then less people will be aware of soccer in this country. And I think that's pretty nonsensical. Um, because what? You're going to play four games in the World Cup, so for four days... You're going to expose people in this country to World Cup action when the U.S. men's national team play. How many of those people who are exposed actually get converted to, you know, soccer consumers in the United States? I'm willing to bet the number is very low. And, you know, compared to the damage that's being done by upholding the status quo by actually qualifying to the World Cup. I think what, we, what we've experienced tonight is a net plus. It's hard, it's, hard to, it's hard for people to measure that, though. I think that's why people kind of like, oh, like, uh, see, I, I, don't, I don't know. But yeah, it's mean, a superficial game. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, if we go to the World Cup, Oh my God, we're going to get all this exposure for soccer in this country, blah, blah, whatever. And I don't see that in the data either. I don't have the numbers to cite you, but I don't see the data where the U.S. is qualified for the World Cup, how that has boosted soccer in our country. But I, I like your point, though, is that, yeah, there's, only, there's, there's really only four data points if we make the World Cup. So there's really only four days or four games, and what is that? So a game is an hour and a half, the whole broadcast two hours. So you're looking at eight hours of exposure to the entire United States population that is supposed to increase soccer knowledge of the sport. Uh, and I'm saying eight hours, so that would be assuming that we make it to the, the second round. So Right, right. Yeah, so that that would be three group games and one uh, quarterfinal game. So, no, this that, is that's a, that's a stretch. 
I mean, I don't even know where I heard it, but I heard it at some point. It's like, hey, every four years there's the Olympics, right? Yep. So yeah. every which four we years, failed, which which we failed to qualify for. Yeah, it was okay. So that's soccer, but I'm talking about. I'm trying to make a point, maybe about swimming. Okay. So every four years, somebody tunes in, or you watch Michael Phelps, right, and the butterfly, okay, and wins gold medals. All this, you watch all the swimming, you watch all the gymnastics, you watch all this stuff. That has done fuck all about increasing gymnastics or swimming competitions and the ecosystem in the United States. Nobody fucking watches swimming or gymnastics or any of the other Olympic sports in the United States as a result of Olympic success by Americans. You feel me? So, okay, you're going to the World Cup once every four years. You're playing for three or four games. That doesn't fucking translate to the popularity of soccer in this country. Anyways, here's here's the bottom line, dude. We failed in CONCACAF where our opponents for qualification were teams like Trinidad, Tobago, Honduras, Panama. We just had to beat those three teams out, right, to get to the World Cup. We couldn't even do that. So there is a problem here. You couldn't beat out three fucking nobodies and all due respect to the people from those countries. It's just that the wealth of our country compared to the wealth of their country should put us leaps and bounds above them. We failed. There's a reason for that failure. We need, not just the fans, but most importantly, the media in this country to take a good, hard look at themselves and hold, be the fourth estate that they're meant to be and hold the people in charge or responsible for this failure accountable. That's what we need, John. And if they can't do it, then it falls on us and the second tier media platforms and the fans and the audience of the second tier second tier uh, media platforms and the serious soccer demographic in this country, which is the majority, to hold the mainstream media accountable for not doing their jobs. That's what needs to happen, man. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I think one of the things that that came to my mind right now is that there are people in if if we look at like the the political arena right now in the United States, there are people that maybe thought that they were uh, a nobody or their voice didn't matter or their blog was irrelevant. Those people have now been empowered 
based off of whatever political things have happened in the United States recently, they've been empowered to speak out. Uh, I don't, I don't know if this is as, no, it actually, I actually, I I think it is. It is as drastic in the soccer world. What has just happened tonight in U S soccer that these people that have been soccer media, soccer journalists, soccer bloggers, whatever, that these people should all feel empowered to fucking speak out. Like, there's no reason for these people to fucking play the party line anymore. Like, zero reason. Like, this, this is it. This is, this is the one time in their soccer blogger careers that they have to, to go balls to the wall, right? Am I, am I wrong? Well, I hope they see it that way. Maybe, see, here's the, here's the thing. Maybe they don't agree with your view or my view. Maybe they believe what the other side believes, John. Maybe they just believe that this is just like a freak occurrence and everything's fine. We just have to keep on the path that we're currently on. And this is just one of those statistical anomalies that happens in sport. And if you think about if, if they start thinking about their ambitions for a future career in soccer as a writer, content creator, whatever it may be, maybe they say, fuck, if I speak out, I'll be blackballed. And if I don't, and I continue maintaining the company line, maybe they'll see loyalty in me and these people will elevate me. To a higher degree. I think that's the psyche that many are operating under. I think it's wrong. I think it's mistaken. I think it's I think misguided. It's, but it's absolutely I, wrong. But I think that's true. But I think that's what's happening. I mean, it happens with me every day, John. Like, there are so many things that I know. I've said it many times. On social media, I'm only revealing five to ten percent of what it is that I know, and I can't tell you the other ninety percent because if I did, it fucks us over. It's just too much information. We will be screwed. They will come after us. So if that's happening with me, I I I, I can only just imagine what's happening with with others. Who have no ta- imagine that? Uh, forgive me. Others who have no talent to fall back on. If you have no talent, what do you do? It's kind of like you have to align yourself with the powers that be. I don't. I don't. I. I think. Actually, I know that people would associate us with like a conspiracy theorist, theorist, whatever <laughs> you know. No, hey, you you've heard it too. You've seen it too, right? You've seen it too. Yeah, but it's so but it's so insane because listen, dude, we we have we have a we have physical products yep. that we put out. We have yep. physical, <laughs> actual customers and consumers for 10 plus years, you know, with testimonials. 
Yep. And, and that's and that's just just not talking about three four three itself and our coaching education and player education and parent education. That goes like straight to like Brian's work on the field itself. You know, yep. so so it's fucking hilarious. It's no, ridiculous. But, but not just Brian's work. Everybody's everybody's work that Brian has touched or you have touched or I have touched. And, and that goes way deeper than I think a lot of people realize, number one. But uh, <laughs> where I was going with that is that the conspiracy, the, the conspiracy theorist, uh, whatever mindset, it goes out the window if you and I were to open up our personal messages, emails, direct messages, fucking IMs, whatever you want to talk about, for the people that fucking come and talk to us, and like 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 we kind of talked about earlier, right. and they want us to be their voice. Yeah, but 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 we'll never violate their confidence, dude. Never, never, no. And and, and I've said that to multiple people. It's like, hey, like you know, like I would love if you would come on the podcast and and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That that would be awesome. That that would be amazing. But you won't. So no, I'll never call you out. Yeah. Maybe no. maybe if they maybe if they listen to this maybe they're gonna hear and they're gonna be like hey like maybe he's talking about me, and it's multiple people, not just yeah. one, not just two, not just three, four, five, six, oh. multiple people. Pro, pro MLS players, pro MLS coaches, you name it. In the whole hierarchy of U.S. soccer and American soccer, they've reached out. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, but that's the but that's the problem. They can't speak, and we can't reveal them either. That that it's just our fucking integrity. Like, what do you want us to do? We'll never do that. Nope. All right, dude. Closing <laughs> remarks. Forty minutes in. Longer than you wanted, right? <laughs> well, we were thinking ten to fifteen minutes. Let's just get out in front of this thing so that. And I'm sorry, so that the media clowns, okay, don't don't construct a whole narrative excusing this re- incredible failure. We want to record this. No, but you know what? My thought was, and I thought about this too because I, I, I put a tweet out there that said, okay, we're recording a podcast tonight, an important 343 podcast and it'll be out tomorrow. And I think a couple people tweeted me and or DM me and said, Who, "Who's the guest?" And I w- I was reluctant to say that it was you because people might. And this is just the way I think. Sorry, I might be. Go for it. Whatever, right? That people might wait to construct their thoughts based off of whatever we put out. And I know this to be a fact, though, because that I've I've witnessed people change their position based off of what we've put out there, not word for word, but they've changed their position based off of what we've put out there. And I and I have a feeling that you would back that up too. So, uh, I once I put that tweet out there, I was reluctant to say that it was going to be you that was going to be the guest because I was scared. I'm I'm still scared, even when we put this out there, that people are going to fucking wait and listen to this, or once they listen to this, they're going to put out a completely different fucking piece in confidence now that we've put it out there, 
and now they can fucking follow it. <laughs> it's crazy to think that though, right? <laughs> but I've seen I've seen so many times when it's true. It's come fucking true. It's come true. Yeah, man. I hate yeah. this. No, be, be, a because I I interviewed this morning, and I told him like this isn't like an ego stroke, dude. Like I'm not trying to fucking like hey like dude like tell me like all the good things you've said like or that you feel about me. Like it's not an ego stroke, but like Gary, this this isn't an ego stroke. Like I know for a fact that these people listen to this show or read what we write, read what you write, and they fucking follow it, and then they put it out there. Or they'll wait for something that you say, and they'll fucking craft their little fucking piece around it. No, hundred, hundred percent, man. And, and and no credit or attribution is given, and and that's no. fine. No, but and and that's fine. You know, uh, I think we've assumed this role of, like I mentioned before, being on a quote unquote extreme of the spectrum. Even though I feel we're not extreme, dude. We're very measured. And, and moderate in what we say relative to what we could be saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, they listen, they jot down, and they craft copy or content around the insight that we provide. Because we are a source of insight, John, that they do not have. If, if, you are a content creator and not a practitioner in the soccer ecosystem in this country. Well, then you can't possibly have insight if you are not a practitioner and we are practitioners, John. Does that make sense? Practitioners, practitioners who actually reveal some insight versus the other (laughs) practitioners versus the other practitioners who have been, uh, gifted positions in the ecosystem without meriting anything with, with merely playing the political game and, and achieving a certain position. So, so we are a treasure trove of insight that they cannot get from others. So they get it from us. They craft copy and content and they publish without attribution and I'm okay with that. I have accepted that because it furthers the progress of American soccer. Absolutely. Can we call it? Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. You, you're going to say something. Then we'll call it a wrap. (laughs) No, I, I think it was like a couple, a couple weeks ago when I was down there visiting you that, you mentioned something like, Hey, we're, we're never going to get credit for this. Like Ted's never going to, Ted's never going to get credit. We're never going to get credit. Nobody's ever going to get credit for this. I don't remember. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. (laughs) Oh, my cheeks hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably leave this in just so people can know that I was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that was good. 
<laughs> no, I, like that, I can't. That, that, that the text that you forwarded me bugged me. I'm not gonna lie. Fuck, dude. Me too, man. Because no, be, I I didn't I didn't send you. I, I'll, I'll add all this out, of course. Um, but I I didn't send you the messages that sent me before that. Had had messaged me last week and said, "Hey," because I I messaged like last year. And I asked him to do a follow-up on the podcast, and he, he never responded. It had been like a year since I've heard from him. And he sent me a message last week that said uh, – here, let me pull it up. I have it right here. Uh, he said – let's see. Um, he said – fuck, where is it? Okay. So I'd sent him a, a message in May of 2016. He didn't respond, nothing, until last week. He said, seriously, lawless is clueless. And then he followed up with another message. He said, sorry, I didn't get back to you. Uh, do you have my phone number? I'm not great at Twitter, so I sent him my phone number. And he, he sent me a text. And that's when we started texting, and that's and that's how that other thing came about. And then so earlier tonight, I said, like, whatever. Do you, do you want to if you if you want to record a podcast, let me know. Uh, smiley face, whatever. And he said, nope, nope. And then he sent me a, a fucking DM on on Twitter with a fuck. This is a campaign to convince blah 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 blah. I sent him a text message. I was like, fuck you, dude. Like, I'm not going to support your. Unless you fucking want to talk about it. I, I'll ask you questions that nobody else will ask you. That's when he said, okay, of course. And nothing after that. So. Oh, so he said, okay, of course. He said, let me see. Let me see what he said. I said, if you record a podcast with me, I'll support oh, I'm 1,000% down to support you, blah, 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 blah. He said, okay, of course, I will answer. I will actually answer them. That's what he said. And then I said, let me know when, uh, when you're down and we'll do this. I'm 100% in your corner and I want to help you. I want change. And then nothing after that. He never said anything. But that was at like 10 o'clock. So. Every, everybody's playing politics, John. No, I know. I know. But that's what's oh. crazy, though. That's what, that's, what crazy, that's what's crazy, though, is that nobody knows, like, okay, this run for fucking and he's fucking texting me on a Tuesday night at 10 o'clock yeah who am I yeah and well, and earlier well, earlier oh. earlier today earlier today I was texting you are somebody yeah to an extent I understand that yeah but see so yeah, I kind of feel like releasing this now and just fucking bleeping their names so people understand the extent of this. It's you like, could, okay, okay, <laughs> I'll bleep all that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but 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 that's what people don't understand, though, is that there's people that find comfort in sending me messages, and that's what I'm I'm I can't understand. Like I haven't <laughs> wrapped my brain around that yet. I haven't wrapped my brain around that yet. Everybody is dying. To be broken from their chains, dude. And they can't do it themselves. It's 
crazy, man. It's crazy. But it's the truth is makes a living off of the American soccer ecosystem. And I'm suspecting most all of the others who may be texting you or messaging you make a living or aspire to make a living off the American soccer ecosystem. But if you come out against how the ecosystem is structured in any way, their livelihoods are at stake. Yep. That's it. That's all it is. Yep. yep. I have yep. the luxury by design in many ways of not depending on the American soccer ecosystem for my livelihood. So that coupled with what I believe to be some degree of expertise in soccer in this country gives me the freedom to speak about it. They don't have that luxury. All right, and with that, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. And if you want more stuff like this from us, you can always visit 343coaching.com. That's the number three, number four, number three, coaching, all spelled out, .com. And on the website, you can find more podcasts, you can find more articles, you can find more information about soccer in general, and I hope that you feel empowered right now. I hope that you feel that you and your voice can make a change in U.S. soccer. And if you want to reach out to me and you want to have a conversation, please do so. I'm always available on Twitter and on Instagram and I would love, love, love to have a conversation with you about this specific topic of unleashing American soccer. All right. With that, I'm going to sign off, and I hope that you and the rest of your people that you reach are doing the best and what's best for American soccer. All right. Thank you. Goodbye.